The kingdom of God requires involvement. Say to the person next to you, you've got to get involved. It starts with a man, a human being, a person, a man or a woman. It's like the generic thing. In some Bibles, they translate it like that. A man or a woman, a person. The kingdom of God starts with our involvement. If we want to see results in our lives, we got to get involved. If you want to get good grades, you got to at least study a little bit. Some people have to study harder than others. I don't know if you know that those annoying people that they just, you know, they go to the exam, they're like super relaxed, and you're like, they're cramming last minute, and you're like, I don't know this, and they're like, oh, just relax, it's going to be fine, and then they get all straight A's, and you're like, they don't even work for it. Anyway, they did work a little bit for it, because it requires our involvement. You've got to do something to get something back. So what do you have to do? What do you have to do in the kingdom of God to get something back, to get a harvest? And a harvest we're going to see in a bit is a return for what you put in. But it's not just one for one. It's something called multiplication. We're going to see that in a little bit. But to start with, what is it we have to do? The Bible says in this passage, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. In order to see a return, our involvement is to sow a seed. In the ESV, the English Standard Version, it says, if a man should scatter seed on the ground, I think that is the worst, dumbest translation. Because it doesn't say that at all when you go back to the original language. You've got this image of someone coming along, and look, I'm going to take some seeds right here. and Just a man just kind of willy-nilly just throwing seed around. and Yeah, I'm just throwing seed and doing whatever I want. The word for cast, if you look at it in the original, is the word ballo. Say to the person next to you, ballo. Ballo. It means this, to throw with power and purpose. So, this is why I don't like the English, because the English casts a picture of a man just kind of going along and just dropping some seed in the ground. But the Greek is saying, a man who takes a seed and he just gets it and he says, I'm going to plant it right there in that bit of soil. Ah, done. It's with purpose and with power. Our involvement is to sow seeds. That's the principle of harvest. Sow seeds in your life to reap a return. But do it how? With power and with purpose. If you think of a baseball player, you know, the pitcher. I'm, I'm not really into baseball. I'm sorry if you are. I'm not very American. I'm even less into cricket, which is worse. I'm not even going to condone cricket. I think it's the worst sport in the whole world. If you don't know what it is, don't even find out about it. It's boring. It's horrible. Baseball is better. But I'm not into baseball either. But I do know a little bit about, you know, they ha the pitching. Because I had a friend who tried to teach me once. Try is the optimal word there because I wasn't very good at it. And, you know, you've got to get the ball. And you've got to, first thing, you've got to see where you're going to throw it. You've got to have purpose. You've got to know exactly what you're, you're throwing it towards. And then you've got to get some power. That was a bit that I wasn't very good at with these arms these pipe cleaners' arms. you got to get some power, and you got to, like, launch it at Deanna or at somebody over there. Sorry, I wasn't actually aiming for you. That's, that's why I wasn't very good at baseball. Um, 
I'm giving you a demonstration of my baseball skills. You've got to launch it with power and purpose. See where you're going to launch it and then throw it with everything you have. The ultimate seed in the Bible is the Word of God. The best thing you can sow in your life is God's Word. But you've got to know how and when to sow it. You've got to sow it with purpose. So how does it work? We all have needs in our life. We all have things that we're looking to receive, things that we're looking to see in our life. Maybe you have financial needs. Maybe you have needs in your family. Maybe you have needs in your ministry. Maybe you're thinking, I really just, I want to grow. I want a cell group. I want to win some people. I want to tell others what I've, the good things that I've received so that they can, they can share in it. How does it work? Well, you've got to take your seed, the Word of God, the promises of God, and you've got to sow them with purpose and with power. You've got to say, find the right word for the right situation. Say, I apply this. I'm going to sow it into the ground, and I'm going to place it there through prayer and through declaration. Our words are so important. How we speak. On Wednesday, if any of you guys were here, in our meeting we had on Wednesday night, we started something called a word fast. It's the first time we've ever done this. If you're looking at me like, what is that? I'm going to explain. It's 21 days where we take care of our words. Where we watch what comes out of our mouth. Because words have power. Every word that you speak is like a seed that you sow. Now the question is, are you going to sow a good seed with power and purpose, or are you going to sow a bad seed with the wrong purpose and the wrong power? Because what you sow, and this is a principle from the Bible that we're talking about, is what you reap. If you punch your brother, he's that before. You reap what you sow. My mom would say, you reap what you sow. If you punch your brother, he's going to punch you back. But it's true, you reap what you sow. Whatever you sow, you reap. If you sow a good seed, you reap a good harvest. But you've got to do it with purpose and power. And today I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you in, the, in this month even. As I was researching a bit in this, I found out that, that actually in the United States, the month of August is the month of harvest. That's when they go out and harvest all the grain. So we've called this month the harvest. Because we want to see a harvest in our lives. We want to see a harvest in every area of our lives. We want to see a harvest in our church. We want to see our church grow. We want to see a harvest in, in our lives and our needs and our finances and our families. We want to see a harvest of good things in every area of our lives in this month. But it starts with this principle, the principle of harvest, which begins with your involvement, what you have to do, which is to sow. Sow seeds. Sow seeds in, in every area of your life through the word. I was, um, another example that we can use of this is, is when you're, you're trying to see somebody come to know Jesus. And a lot of people, they go out, I'm going to go witnessing. 
Sounds like a really religious word, isn't it? Witnessing. I'm going to go, it basically means I'm going to tell other people about what God has done in my life so that they can come and they can receive the same. I don't want to be selfish. I want them to know the great things that I've received. And a lot of people say, I'm going to go out and do this. And they, they take their seed, the word of God. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to go to work or my school and I'm, I'm going to witness to some people today. Beware. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. You've been on the receiving end of this. Maybe someone has witnessed to you. And they come along and they got their seed and they're like, oh, I'm ready for this. I'm going to get them. And, and, they, and they go to someone and they're like, hey, how you doing? And they're just chatting. And, and then, okay, how am I going to try and get this conversation going, you know, and steer it into Jesus? Those of you who have done this before know what I'm talking about. Um, how am I going to get this conversation onto Jesus? And so you think, oh, I know. I'll ask them if they've ever been to church. Have you ever been to church? And the person's like, uh, no. No, I've never been to church. And you're like, yes, opportunity. And you're like, oh, would you like to come? Like, we have a church service on Sunday. And they're like, no, not really. And you're like, oh, okay, then cool. That's awesome. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. Bye. And then later on that day, they're talking to their leader. And they're like, man, I was out witnessing. And I was sowing these seeds in people's lives, inviting them to church. And, 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 and I know it's going to grow. And then you're like, what did you ask them if they wanted to come to church? And what did they say? They were like, no. Okay, that was your seed? Yeah. That's the first type of seed. Scattering, casting. You can't sow seeds with a hint. You can't hint to people and call it preaching and call it sowing seeds in their lives. You've got to actually tell them about Jesus with power and purpose. And this is a conviction I have. The gospel has power. Preach it with power. The gospel has purpose. Preach it with purpose. Whenever I talk about Jesus, like something starts to come over me and I'm like, man, I get so excited. This happened to me the other day. I was talking to a... Um, uh, this guy that I met, an Indian guy, he's a dentist, but he doesn't like dentistry. He wants to be like a l leadership trainer. I don't know. Anyway, so we were talking and, and I, I, I hung out with him in Starbucks and, and he was saying, you know, I, I don't want to be a dentist because dentists only have influence over people's teeth. I want to have influence over people's lives. I want to make a difference on this earth. I want to be a leader. And he's saying, and so I've been like reading and I've been like doing these courses about leadership training. And he's not a Christian. And he knew about John Maxwell. So we got talking about John Maxwell, who's a leadership trainer, a Christian leadership trainer. And, and I got on to the point and I, and I just thought, I'm just going to go for this. And I said, you know who the best leader was on the earth? It was Jesus. He knew I was a pastor and a Christian. So it wasn't like just like throwing it out there. there I can give you some really cheesy like um, evangelism lines later. Um, but this wasn't one of those moments. I said, the best, the best leader was Jesus. And I just started speaking to him about who Jesus was. I said, All those things you're learning started with Jesus. And he had been telling me about all these things like go the extra mile and be a servant. And I said, go the extra mile. That's right out of the Bible. People say, oh, you've got to go the extra mile. They don't even know where it comes from. It comes from Jesus. Jesus said that. When you, when you read about Jesus, he's the most remarkable man who ever lived the earth. My brother-in-law got saved simply by reading the gospel. He went on a vacation with his friends. 
they were non-Christians, and it was one of these like non-Christian vacations. And someone gave him a Bible to take with him, and he stayed in his hotel the whole time, didn't go out, and he just read the Gospels. And as he read the Gospels, like a light bulb went on. He said, this man is incredible. Jesus was amazing. The things he said were out of loving your enemy. That's crazy. Nobody talks about loving your enemy. This world says you've got to beat your enemy down. It's a doggy dog world. If you want to get a raise, you've got to like, you know, get past your, your co-workers who you're all nice to one minute and then the next minute you're stabbing them in the back. Jesus is remarkable. The gospel is remarkable. The gospel has power to save. Preach it with power. I want to challenge you guys this week to take that opportunity at least once this week to find someone and preach to them, but with power, with conviction. But then the gospel also has purpose. And I want to challenge you to preach with purpose. That's the other thing I love about Jesus. He, his gospel, his message is so complete. There's not one need on this earth that is not met in Jesus Christ. There is not one difficulty on this earth that is not met in the person of Jesus Christ. There is not one problem that someone can come to me and say, I got a problem that I can't say. The blood of Jesus can save you from that problem. It's complete. It has purpose. So with purpose. Find the need and sow it into that need. Find the need and sow it into that need. Sow with purpose. And what will the result be? And this is the remarkable thing, because that's where our job finishes. It says the kingdom of God is like a man who throws seed in the ground with power and purpose, and then he goes to bed. He sleeps. He wakes up the next day. He goes about his daily life, and what happens? The seed begins to grow. He doesn't even know how. Has that ever happened to you before? When you do something, and then months later, it comes back to you. You're like, what happened? How did that happen? All I did was this little offering here. Or I just said these words to this person, and then months later, they're like, I want to come to church. And you're like, I didn't even, I didn't do much to them. I didn't like try and give them the whole of the Bible theology in like a city. I just told them Jesus loves them. And months later, they came back and said, I really need Jesus. And they're in church. That's the nature of a seed. It grows while you're going about your daily business. Your job is to sow. That's all you have to do. Let God do the growing. And that's the second thing I want to talk about today is the growth mystery. The mystery of growth. Growth just happens. You can't stop it. You can't say, stop growing. I say that to my, my son. Stop growing. I have to buy you new shoes every month. No, I'm just kidding. You can't tell a child to stop growing. They just grow. You can't tell a seed to stop growing. It just grows. It's in his nature. As you sow, the very nature of the seed that you've sown is that it will grow. And you're not even going to know it's happening. You're going to go about your daily business. And you're not going to see anything. 
But it's growing. It's growing under the soil. The things you've sown in faith, the prayers you've prayed in your quiet time with God. When you've got before God and you cried out, and you say, God, help me. The, the fasts that you've done, the, inter, the times of intercession where you've been on your knees crying out to God, every seed that you've sown, it's growing. There are some people here today that have lost hope in the seed. They said, I've done that, I tried that, and it didn't grow, and nothing happened. Some of you here today are looking for things in your life, maybe financial needs, and you've given great offerings, and, and you still haven't seen the harvest of those seeds. It's growing. I want to give you hope today, because even if you can't see it, it's growing. That's what the Bible says. Don't give up. Because the farmer who gives up stops going back to the seed to look how it's doing. And you don't even know what's going on. And maybe you stop going back to the seed, stop visiting the promise that God gave you that you've been sowing in faith. And you've forgotten to visit the land that you, grew, that you sowed it into every day. And this week you're going to go back and you're going to find that there's a little bush sticking out of the ground. Jesus talks in this passage of three stages of growth. And it's very, actually very scientific. It's exactly how grain grows in three stages. The first one, Jesus talks about the blade. What is the blade? I was looking this up and I found some pictures online. There are some helpful farmers who have explained the whole process because I'm not a farmer. But the blade is a little bush. Now, most of us are used to seeing the harvest, like the corn, which is like dry and it looks like wheat and there's, there's grain on the end and that, you see the combine harvesters that go and, and, and chop it all up. And, but the, the, the harvest begins, the seed begins as a green plant, a little bush like this. And it pops out the ground, sticks its head up and it starts growing these green plants. And the purpose of the plant is to give it food. A nourishment. If you ever did high school biology, why is a plant green? Because it has little things in the cell groups, in the cell groups, in the cells. <laughs> That's where cell, cell groups comes from. Little things in the cells that look green, but their job is to take sunlight. This is amazing. This is like one of the most incredible miracles, I think, in the whole world. It takes sunlight, the energy from the sun, and it turns it into food. That would be pretty cool if you could do that. Just, you know, go out sunbathing and then, oh, I'm good. And like, what's next? I've got my food for the day. That's what a plant does. And so this plant, it pops up, it turns green because it's the point of um, giving this food, giving this plant food. It's this, it's this time of, of nourishment. And that's the same thing when we plant a seed there comes a point when the seed starts to poke up. And it's the most important stage. Because if it can't get past that stage, it's not going to grow and give a harvest. And it requires nourishment. It requires that you nourish the seed. How? With your words. With the things that you speak. 
The seeds in the kingdom are nourished through our words. As you give positive words, as you, as you speak out positively, you confess the positive, the seed begins to grow. It's like the early stage of the miracle. But it's the most important. I was reading a book a while back called The Hallelujah Lady. I don't know if any of you have ever read it. I will recommend it to you if you can find it. It's a, it's a book by Pastor Cho, his mother-in-law. And they, they started a church in South Korea, which has now grown into the largest church in the world. It has nearly a million people in one church. And this book explains how they started it. And they started the church in a tent. And they were so poor, the, the country had just come out of civil war with the north. And the south was left in ruins. People hardly had anything. They were so poor, they could only afford a tent to meet in. They couldn't afford a building. So they went to the guy to buy it from him. And, and the tent had holes in it. And they were like, well, we don't want a tent with holes in it. We're going to get wet. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. It's supposed to be like that. And they're like, what? Yeah, yeah, it's so, so that when the wind comes, it passes through the holes and doesn't knock the tent over. And they were like, oh, okay. And they bought the tent. It was a sales pitch. <laughs> it wasn't really for that. It was just a cheap tent. That's all they had. And they began to meet. And they, they, all they had was poor people. People who couldn't afford to eat people who couldn't afford to clothe their kids. I mean, extreme poverty. And their mission was just to save people. How did they do it? By sowing seeds through prayer and fasting. For two years, they fasted. It was more out of necessity than that they actually said they were going to fast because they couldn't afford to buy food. For two years, they didn't even eat rice. They just had like a bean sprout soup once a day. That was their food. And they loved the work of God so much, they just went through it. They put up with it. They fasted for two years. I don't know. I think it was supernatural because I'm not sure I could live on a bean sprout soup once a day for two years. I'm already pretty skinny. I'll probably disappear. But they did it. And then they, they, they prayed every night. They had a, a night of prayer until one in the morning. And then every morning at four in the morning, they had intercession with the church. Do the math. They slept three hours a night. Every night and day, they were praying and interceding. And they would then go out and they would meet people. And they would meet people in extreme poverty. There was one lady that, that um, she was called, the, the pastor was called Pastor Choi, um, Pastor Cho's mother-in-law. She met this lady who was so years, been living in just literally like with a tin roof for like years. They had nothing. They had no rice, nothing. Her husband was a drunk, would go into town, get drunk and come home and beat them. I mean, this is like extreme, extreme need. And the lady didn't want anything to know. Obviously, like, what have you got? 
that you can help me in my situation? What has God got that you can help me? You know what Pastor Choi said? She said, I'm going to pray for this lady for 100 days. And she prayed and fasted for this lady for 100 days. In less than 100 days, this lady came to church. Was saved. And within a, a month, she received her first bag of rice. A big bag through prayer, through faith. She had nothing. A big bag of rice. And then she'd heard about tithing. So, well, this is my income. And so she fought with herself saying, I could feed my kids on this an extra three or four days if I don't tithe on it. She said, no, that's not right. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to sow into this church. So she took out 10% of this rice and gave it to the church. That was the first rice that Pastor Choi and Pastor Cho ate in two years. A month later, the rice hadn't run out. Two months later, it kept going. A miracle occurred like the feeding of the 5,000 with this rice because she was willing to sow. The rice increased supernaturally. They say that the pastors, they say that in that time, they didn't know they were going to have the biggest church in the world. It was just a little bush with some green leaves, but they just fed it. They fed it with their prayer. They fed it with their fasting, and it resulted that they grew. They multiplied into the biggest church in the world, and they have a million people, and they've transformed South Korea. You can do the same, but you have to look after the bush. You have to look after the blade, the first bit when it starts to poke through the ground and feed it. Next comes the head. This is the part that grows, the bit that maybe you know a bit better that kind of curls over. But there's no fruit, there's no wheat, there's no seed in that because it's the part that pollinates. Now, I don't know if you, you know what pollination is, but it's when the plants kind of like mix together and they, they're able to produce seed. And I was looking into this, how does wheat pollinate? Because, you know, flowers pollinate because bees come and they, they go between the flowers and they mix them all up. Wheat doesn't work like that. Wheat pollinates when the wind comes and blows through it that needs the Holy Spirit. This is the stage of the harvest that requires God's intervention and power in your life. This is the stage in the harvest that you need to receive the Holy Spirit in your life and start to live your life by the Spirit. And as you allow the Spirit to come into your life, you're going to begin to see something called pollination. The miracle is going to start to occur. The miracle of harvest. And things are going to start happening that you never thought possible in your character, in your family, in your finances, in your ministry, in every area of your life. Things are going to start happening. And what's the result? And that's the next step. It says a head full of grain, mature grain. When the seed begins to grow, and one week can produce, Jesus says, 30, 60, or 100 fold. This is the amazing miracle of harvest. You sow one, you get back how many? Up to 100. It's called multiplication. The great thing is that it doesn't just produce anything. It produces more seed. This is a, a cycle. When you sow, it grows. You don't know how. It pollinates and it produces more seed. How? What for? Some so that you can eat. Some so that you can sow again. And get even more back. And get even more back. Some people say 
that you should give to God without expecting anything back. I challenge you to find somewhere in the Bible that it says that. The principle of harvest is, is give and expect something back. A farmer sows in the ground. He doesn't expect it just to grow another seed. He expects a harvest. The farmer sows expecting a harvest. I want to challenge you to sow in your life expecting a harvest. Expecting multiplication. Expecting more. A return for what you've given. That's how God works. And God loves to do it. God loves to do it. Bible says he is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. God loves the principle of harvest. It's his principle. He loves multiplication. If it wasn't for multiplication, we would not be here today. Because the food would run out. We would have nothing to eat. God gave us this principle, both spiritually and physically, so we can exist. I want to finish with this passage, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. Paul is talking about the church that he's gone around and planted, the people that he's sown into. And he says, he says this, I planted Apollos, who was another apostle. He watered, but God provides the growth. It's the mystery of growth. You've got to plant. You've got to get involved by planting, by sowing your seed, and then feeding it with your words and your faith. God does the rest. It's incredible. You don't have to do the miracle part. You just have to watch it grow. Paul even said it. God gives the growth. This is a passive experience. We just guard our tongues and our words. We go to sleep at night. We wake up in the morning and it grows. Some of you today stood this principle and you think, and you still haven't seen the result of it. Some of you today have never understood this principle and you're thinking, oh, I got to get me some of that. I'm going to try it. Well, today I want to give you that opportunity. And I want to invite you in this moment, we're going to stand and pray. I want to pray for some different people here. So I want to invite you to stand. Because today is an opportunity, first, for those who have lost the seed. Maybe you sowed it many years ago and you forgot to go back and check. Maybe you forgot where you sowed it. And you've got to ask God to reveal to you once again the promises that he gave you to sow into the ground. Maybe your circumstances have been contrary to what you believe would happen. Maybe you didn't see the growth and you got disheartened. And you began to give up. Give up. I want to say today, the seed never stopped growing. You've got to go back to it. You've got to have faith in the Word of God, which says it's growing says it's growing if that's you I'm just going to invite everyone to close their eyes if that's you if you feel like you lost your seed you gave up on a, on a promise you gave up on a seed you never saw the harvest then I want to invite you just to lift your hands as a sign to God and say God like, I'm sorry for losing faith I'm sorry for forgetting to go back. I'm sorry for not believing that you were able to let this, this seed grow. And just say with me, Lord, today I go back to that seed. 
I go back to that ground and I'm going to look at it every day until I see the bush, until I see the blade, until I see something begin to pop up. And I'm going to feed it with my words and with my faith until I see the harvest. Today, Lord, I commit to the process of the principle of harvest, to sow seeds, to believe that you're growing in Jesus' name. And then there are some people here who have come today with great need in your life. There are some people even here today who came with such a fear about what was going on in their life that you don't even want to think about tomorrow. Maybe in your finances. Maybe you have things that you haven't paid you have literally no way of paying them and you're stood there and inside you're shaking because you know that someone's going to come and say you owe this you got to give it up maybe you don't even have enough money to buy food for the week I don't know but there are some people here today without fear in their life and I want to say to you today God never wanted you to live like that that's why he gave you the principle of harvest sow in faith and reap a great harvest God does not desire his children to live in poverty the Bible nowhere does it say you have to live as a poor person today God wants to meet your need wants to give you a harvest maybe you're here with a need in your family and your family is going through such a difficulty and everything you see is contrary to what you've been praying for I want to encourage you today and say the seed is growing plant the seed in your life in your family and see it grow Believe that God can do the miracle in your family. I want to pray for you today. If that's you, with your eyes closed, just lift your hand. If you have a need in your family, if you're going through difficulties with your kids or with your parents or whatever it might be, if there is struggle in your family today, lift your hand and I'm going to pray for you. Father God, I pray for every person with their hands lifted today. Lord, the Bible says that you gave us family. It is a representation of who you are and the enemy has come to rob, steal and destroy. Today, Lord God, we rebuke the power of the enemy over the lives of every person here and we declare, we declare that you are the miracle worker, that you can do miracles and today we sow a seed of faith in our words and our you have a hope. We take hold of the word. And we declare that you have a hope and a future for us. We take that seed. The Bible says that, that we have a hope and a future. And we declare today that you are our hope and you are our future. I declare of every person with a hand raised today that you are the hope and the future of this generation. You are the hope and the future of every family, every family represented here today. There is hope and there is a future because the Bible says so. And we sow that seed today in prayer and we believe that the miracle today has been planted and will grow and will bear fruit in abundance in our family lives. In Jesus' name we pray.
And Lord, I want to pray. Lastly, there are people here today who maybe you came for the first time. Maybe you've never tried this out before. Maybe you don't even know whether God exists. The Bible says, he who tries to keep his life will lose it, but he who gives his life will gain it. This principle applies not just to things we give, but to our very lives. The principle of harvest applies to us. As we sow our lives into God, as we give our lives to Him, as we say, Jesus, I give my life to You. Have Your way in me. I want You to do whatever it is You want to do with me in my life. As you give your life to Jesus, you will reap a harvest in abundance in your life. And with our eyes closed today, if that's you today, if you want to sow your life, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to say, I, I want to try this out. I want to see if this works with my life. I want to give you, Jesus, my life, and I want to trust in you from this day forward. With our eyes closed, no one's looking. I want to invite you to just lift your hand where you are and just say, that's me. I want to give my life today to Jesus. I want to sow my life into this. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. I want to pray for you. I'm going to say a prayer and I want everyone in this place to repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for dying on the cross for me, for giving your life, for sowing your life so that I can be part of that harvest. Today, Lord, I give you my life. Have your way in me. I repent of every wrong thing I've done and I ask that you would forgive me and that your blood would wash over me and cleanse me of my sin. From this day forward, I choose to live my life for you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God a round of applause.